This podcast has been prepared exclusively for institutional, wholesale, professional clients, and qualified investors only, as defined by local laws and regulations. Please read other important information, which can be found on the link at the end of the podcast episode. Good afternoon. This is Michael Sembalist with a mid-April Eye on the Market podcast. I know I haven't recorded anything for a while. I've been spending most of my time uh, updating our online web portal where you can find all of the work and the research that we've been doing. Just to give you a sense for the major issues that we'll be covering on our webcast on Monday, uh, the, the big issue now is how do countries handle the challenge of trying to reopen. There are a lot of different ideas out there in terms of what industries, what parts of the population, uh, what kind of density should be allowed in schools and businesses uh, and restaurants, if any. Uh, and these vary by province in different countries. They vary by state within the United States. Uh, and usually a lot of these, in most places around the world, a lot of these decisions are made locally rather than at the federal level. Uh, we are seeing parts of developed Asia already making some of those relaxations, although we're seeing a revival of infection rates in Singapore, which has had to reimpose lockdown. So we're seeing little bubbles of second waves taking place. Uh, but there's a, in, in the fourth section on the website, we get into this whole question of lockdown, of lockdown relaxations, uh, provisions by country. We take a look at possible paths for the U.S. by superimposing paths from other countries whose infection rates have declined at least 70% or 80% from peak levels and then, and then superimposing them on the U.S. to see when the U.S. might be facing similar choices. Uh, Mid-May looks like uh, one possibility uh, if, if the Western European experience gets replicated here. Uh, we also go into some detail about this whole question of virus testing versus serology testing. Those are two very different things. Uh, testing for the presence of a virus is a, is a temporary thing. Um, even at its peak level, uh, only about 75% of truly infected individuals will show up uh, as containing the virus. And then on either side of day seven, those numbers go down. So virus identification through PCR testing has questions. And then, of course, there's questions about uh, the different serology tests out there that test for antibodies. So we get into that whole question uh, and what the implications are for herd immunity and, again, the relaxation of lockdown provisions. That's in Section 4. Uh, as usual, we've been updating all of our charts on market and economic developments. Um, China's economy is somewhere between 70 and 85% back to normal levels. And um, we also take a close look at the impact of the Fed facilities, which has been pretty substantial, on credit markets. Um, all the different measures of money market and corporate credit spreads have come down back to normal, well, halfway normal levels. Uh, and uh, that's what we should expect, I suppose, the, after uh, what adds up to about $8 trillion of Fed commitments guarantees, backstops, asset purchases, and direct lending uh, in an unprecedented Marshall Plan for the United States itself. 
In, in section two, as usual, we've got an update on the latest antiviral and vaccine efforts. There was a really important paper from the Journal of the American Medical Association, which outlined all the clinical, clinical trials underway. Uh, as of the time the paper was published in about the second week of April, uh, their judgment was that none of the clinical trials on antivirals had yet reached the, the stage of either justifying their use on sick patients or on, uh, on a, as a prophylactic on uh, healthcare workers and other people to, who might be exposed. Uh, but they were keeping a very close eye on the clinical trials Gilead's doing on remdesivir. You've probably seen information over the last 48 hours uh, on some promising results from a remdesivir study. There was no control uh, or placebo group in that study, so the results look good, but Gilead's conducting a 4,000-patient global study, the results of which should be available in early April, and that will tell us more. Uh, we also, in, in Section 2, get into the whole mess on, on chloroquine and hydroxychloroquine, and, and the bottom line is that uh, almost all of the hype on that particular antiviral drug in March has turned out to be a bit of a head fake. In, and then we take... Um, a look at issues on convalescent plasma as a way of providing temp temporary immunity boosts for people that are very sick. Uh, and then, of course, in section one, we go through all of the statistics in terms of um, uh, infection mortality rates around the world and, what, and, and whether we can or cannot trust the Chinese data. Um, uh, we get into all of that in section one. And um, the bottom line is that we have a lot of questions about the credibility of, uh, in terms of and reliability of Chinese data for all the obvious reasons, uh, but it does have a lot in common with the rest of developed Asia. Uh, and so even if the Chinese data were understated by a factor of 10, it would still put them more or less in line with developed Asia, which is several orders of magnitude lower in terms of infections uh, penetration than the West. On the issue of testing, the United States now on a per capita basis has caught up to South Korea in terms of cumulative tests performed per million people. Um, but since Korean infection rates are one order of magnitude lower than in the United States, uh, the United States should be doing a lot more testing than South Korea. So the testing numbers have gotten a lot better, but relative to the severity of the spread of the infection in the United States, there's still a lot more that has to be done. So I hope that as many of you as possible can join us on the webcast that we're having next Monday. Uh, and uh, we will, of course, discuss as well what we think about what's going on in the markets. There's been a 50% retracement from the bottom. Um, and I think at this point, uh, there's a lot of good news now priced in and a very long road ahead. So we'll speak to you again on Monday and have a good weekend. Michael Semblis, Eye on the Market, offers a unique perspective on the economy, current events, markets, and investment portfolios, and is a production of J.P. Morgan Asset and Wealth Management. Michael Semblis is the Chairman of Market and Investment Strategy for J.P. Morgan Asset Management and is one of our most renowned and provocative speakers. For more information, please subscribe to the Eye on the Market by contacting your J.P. Morgan representative. If you'd like to hear more, please explore episodes on iTunes or on our website. This podcast is intended for informational purposes only and is a communication on behalf of J.P. Morgan Institutional Investments, Incorporated. Views may not be suitable for all investors and are not intended as personal investment advice or as solicitation or recommendation. 
Outlooks and past performance are never guarantees of future results. This is not investment research. Please read other important information which can be found at www.jpmorgan.com forward slash disclaimer dash EOTM.